Hello, and welcome to the Acolytes of Merlin, the second part of our discussion of the Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson, book one of the Stormlight Archive, and that is a mouthful. <laughs> We're your hosts, Johnny. And John, what else is it? <laughs> yeah, uh, well... Lots of things, because we're talking about characters. We are. Mostly characters, because obviously it's all tied together. But Yes, but I, we, uh, we should focus on characters this episode. And who better to start with? Than my boy? Than his boy. <laughs> all right. So. So, uh, Kaladin. Um, yeah. Why don't you go ahead, Johnny? Why All don't right. you start out? Um, I, have, I, have a, I have a few things to say about Kaladin. So do I, but I, I am going to keep it more contained. I, I'll say that I actually... Well, yeah. So Kaladin is the focus character and the flashback character for this book. So in that sense, you could say he's the quote-unquote main character of mm-hmm. the Way of Kings. Mm-hmm. Um, Apparently, there's this structure thing where... Uh, there are flashback. There's a flashback character and a and a regular time character. It, it, it almost in other books. Yeah, I mean, so all right. I don't know if we talked about this last time, but so with for the Stormlight Archive, each book has a kind of flashback character and a focus character for the present day. They're usually they are they don't have to be the same. Although so far they. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's another element to that that I'll wait till Words of Radiance to talk about, mm-hmm. uh, just so that I just because after Words of Radiance I can go a little more in depth with that. But anyway, so uh, yeah, so that's so this is Kaladin. I must also say that Kaladin is probably my favorite fictional character ever. Just because, yes, so I'm a little biased. Um, there aren't a whole lot of like huge moments in this book for him, for me. Um, but like, uh, but you do get obviously, this is where you get kind of the definition of like, this is who he is type of thing. And that makes sense that uh, that stuff is upcoming because, um, certainly. Um, near the beginning of the book, um, for his character, I was like, eh. After all of the flashbacks, it's more than that now. Like, I'm definitely on board with him, mm-hmm. and there's enough there yeah. that I've seen that makes me more invested. Um, but he's, he's still, as far as main characters go, he's still middling for me. And that's and that's fair. Like, and that's I, just in this story. No, let and, alone. And that's fair. I, I didn't. I didn't really kind of get. He didn't really get elevated to that status for me until after I finished Words of Radiance. Uh, and I kind of, but it was kind of that coupled with thinking about the series and like Kaladin. So. Yeah, so let me back up a minute and kind of just explain his arc in broad terms. So, in this book, so Cal, uh, we won't necessarily go into this much detail with every character, just because there's a lot of, there's more like details for him in this book, even if they're not like hugely like plot significant. But, for his flashbacks, the flash, so the flashbacks basically detail Kaladin's life from when he's kind of a kid to when uh, he joins up with Amor to uh, when he becomes, I think, it, yeah, it goes up to when he becomes a slave. So right. basically that... Prog- and that's mostly, it's mostly in chronological order. Yes, the most with the part. exception of one... Just, just the one? No, it's the two? No, it, no, it's the two. Because, so... Because you have, we, we, there, there are no spoilers for this book. So we have. Yeah, so yeah, sports. Well, full, there are, there are full, yeah, rather full, full, full yeah. spoilers for this book. Well, There's Tien at the Tien's end. Tien's death and the Amaram, like him actually becoming a slave reveal. Like the scene when he refuses the shard blade. Oh, is that, that's out of order? Yes. Okay. Because, okay, so the first, the first, the, um, 
I know it's yeah because I remember I remember you texting me about it when you were like nearing the end. Mm. Um, I think about like but isn't that near the? I mean, that's near the end of his story, though. Yeah, you know what? So, so oh, you know, I you know what I'm thinking. Maybe I'm kind of mixing that up. So, <laughs> so the present oh, day. Oh no 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 wait. Um, the Sen's point of view yes. is at the beginning. That's what I was thinking. That is. Because yeah. it's, 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 the, it's the same it's scene. It's the same scene. It's, just, it's what happens after that mm-hmm. scene. All right. So, sorry sorry to go back just to make sure. I just want to make sure I hit the, his broader arc before we go too much into the weeds. Okay. So, he, he basically, he lives in um, this kind of small town in Sadius's, um uh, Princeton, and um, and then his dad. Basically, a lot of his life has consisted of him, his or his dad, Liren, training Calvin. His mm-hmm. dad, Liren, training him to be a surgeon. So, kind of different things he, and so he he likes he has a pretty decent life, I guess. For I mean, he's a dark eyes, so it's not great. No, but, but like, he, he's uh, Liren is second non, I, which is I mean it's it's a a high uh, post by virtue of what he provides for the community. Yes, as like the surgeon, uh, and so kind of because of that, uh, a lot of the hardship he faces is related to like people that don't trust his dad because of like oh he can do medicine. Mm-hmm. They it's kind of they they equate that with like. It's kind of the more medieval mentality of, like, they're doing dark arts to heal people type Mm -hmm. of thing. There's that one um, good conversation um, where they kind of discuss, and Kaladin even has some insights without Liren's guidance about... the people's complicated feelings about him, about about Liren, yeah, how they, I'm, I how think they I'm remembering that. need him, and particularly when Roshon comes in and uh, basically uh, turns everyone against him. Yes. but then they still leave food out for them, so it's kind That's of like right. an it's act. A, yes, it's, it's it was That's complicated, right. but it struck me as. Um, Resonance with how people do act. Yeah, no, that that how that their, makes... their private position, their private positions, and their public positions are <laughs> different. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, his life goes on with like that for a while, and then the I I should remember this. Does the Bright Lord before Roshon die or get kicked out? With Steel, he dies. Yeah, okay, so he dies. He dies then Roshon and, yeah. comes in his, and is basically the new mayor of the city and is, like, not a very nice person, no. uh, particularly to Liren and Kaladin. Mm-hmm. And it culminates when Am- when Bright Lord Amram comes through to recruit for his army uh, and Roshon volunteers Tien, who is Kaladin's younger brother, and to this point, the major consistent source of light in his life. Yes. Uh, I mean, his, both his parents are, but like it's obviously he his likes parents, to correct, so. collect rocks, and is always smiling. Yes. And he's he is he is that uh, you know, smile. He's just yeah that 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 source of light that is uh, you know ripe. For the picking, oh, as yes. far as an author goes, <laughs> we have to take this guy away. Hmm. Um. So, uh, yeah. So that happens, and then in a Hunger Games like moment, Kaladin does volunteer. Kaladin volunteers this tribute in a story that is much better, much, much, much better than the Hunger Games. I'm sorry, but, but like. it doesn't it doesn't work because Tien goes anyway because <laughs> Roshan says I picked him, I picked him. He is to go. Amram's like really this guy. <laughs> yeah. I- Imram, who is also a really crappy person, in that moment was was more like I I I I know you don't want me to go too far off the track, but yeah. I, I anticipate because we don't know where Amram is. I anticipate a confrontation down the line with Kaladin and Amram, and I'm curious more about what. Uh, that's the like what is behind that for Amaram because 
Um, he and Sadeus, I, yes. I, I, you said Sadius. Sorry. Yeah, um, it's, um, they're intriguing <laughs> villains to me. Um, and Amaram even more so because it's, oh, yes. it, was, it's, it was such a shocking betrayal and he didn't exactly relish in it. I think there was some sort of obligation, feeling of obligation and, um, just stifling culture upon him. Some, or other motivations. Johnny can barely contain himself. Uh, uh, you know, uh, this will be the first time. I don't think I was able to say this in the last episode. Read and find out. <laughs> I, I, norm- you feel better now. I feel better now. Normally, I would kind of like try to... I, I, you know, I can't really say anything else about like what you're talking about without getting into very heavy spoiler territory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so the, I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave that topic yeah. go. Although there okay. is, although there is something about Sadius that I'll say later. That's like not really. That's not really. That's yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. But um, I, I will. You know, I we will be talking. This is not the last time we'll be talking about Amber. I'll just say that. Uh, but, but that's okay because it leads into one of the things that I wanted to bring up about Kaladin. Yes. Which was that, um, once we start to, um, see all of his, uh, prejudice against Light, light Eyes, eyes mm-hmm. it was, it was of a s- stubbornness and totality that bothered me because any sort of stuff like that bothers me. Um, right. But Sanderson does a nice job of having faith in the, yeah, but once you see what happened, you, you'll feel, you'll, you'll, you'll be on his side a bit more. And I was, because what Amaram did was really bad. Uh, yeah, and not just Amaram, because then he... Well, Roshon, but a- Amaram just Amor- came out of absolutely well, nowhere, because you knew Roshon was a, right. was a bad guy. So the reason, and the reason that Amaram is so devastating to Kaladin... Because he trusted him. He trusted him, he looked yeah. up to him, like, he, like, this is the person who, like... This is the good th- light th- eyes. Th- yes, this is the good light eyes, this is the per- this is somebody that actually, that fully embodies, like, all of these virtues and ideals that I want to. Mm-hmm. And while it turns out he doesn't. <laughs> or or at least he um or at least uh how do I yeah, well I'll just say for now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. And that comes off of another huge moment which is him refusing to take the shard blade after he uh, yes. Kills the Sharper, so, which is really cool. Yeah, so to back up a minute, so the, basically, to finish up the flashback stuff, Tian dies in a battle, Kaladin isn't able to, like, protect him, mm-hmm. and I use the word protect for a reason. And that was really, <laughs> um, it was really, like, nothing special about that scene, so it's just really, yeah. just really mundane. That's a good thing. I think that's a good thing because it's like, yeah, he was just a young kid, lowly. Why would it be anything special right. around and, it? And, and and you also like the whole book. You know it's coming. Yes. So so it's so like it's not like it's like there's no way to do that scene. At least for me, where it would have been like like oh my god, I can't believe that happened because the whole book, like you know that like that's where it's heading at some mm-hmm. point. And you know, at some point, that's a scene that is like ninety nine percent gonna like be shown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that happens, and that's turning. Well, there's a lot of turning points for his characters, but that's one of the like major. That that's probably the major one. I would say if, if there's any singular moment for Cal, turning point for Kaladin, it's it's that one because Tien is basically like that light that exists mm-hmm. in his life, and now he's gone. Yes. And that kind of leads to, but he at the at the same time he does try to um, make up for it by placing that protection over other people like you, Sen. You, you read my mind because that's where I, yeah that's where I was going. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, and so I I think that well I mean I think that if if we're gonna talk about a turning point. I mean, it's the chasm, not well. So uh, the honor yeah, chasm, uh, uh, not uh, the, yes, the not Tien's death. Well, uh, okay. So 
which is interesting because it comes so early. Well, but given everything, yeah, well, I, I, I totally agree with you. We'll we'll, we'll talk about the honor chasm in a minute. Um, I want to because I want to go back and touch on um, the shard bear scene that you were talking about a minute ago. Okay. Um, so in, in the scene where so basically after TM dies, Kaladin now makes it his job to protect anybody that basically resembles his brother. And so, mm-hmm. or at least in his eyes that he sees as like in a role of somebody that could be his little brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, uh, which is a really, for me, uh, great like character moment and motivation. Or motivation, I should say. Mm-hmm. But, so in one of these battles where he's protecting someone, his squad's attacked by a shard bearer. And Kaladin kills the shard bear, which is a huge deal because, you know, he didn't have a shard or shard plate. Right. So like there, there's no like, he hadn't tapped into like it, it, his power yet. He was yeah. just a dude. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah. And like, and there's like, well, there's like arguments that like, I'd have to reread it, but like you could almost say that maybe he, he starts d- tapping into storm flight yeah. like latent, right. like unconsciously, but, but it's not like he's using it to the extent that he does later. Absolutely. Uh, right. so yeah, and so then he defeats the, so when you defeat a shard bearer, well, you win their shards. So Amaram offers the shards to Kaladin and Kaladin refuses. Yes. Well, Amaram's not there. No, is he? Yeah. Well, I don't think he's. Uh, he, I don't think he was there on the battlefield. But like in the post, in it like was the another. Scene. It, he was. Was he protecting Amaram or was he protecting someone else? I think because son. Uh, I think that he was. Um, I don't remember, but it's almost irrelevant. That that part is irrelevant to the shard stuff because either way, the next the. One flashback. Well, it matters a little bit because it's the difference of whether or not Amaram directly owes him his life. Um, and if he does owe him his life, he did the exact opposite. Except pay a debt. Wow. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, because it's not about it Amaram's did, he life. He did save him. Yes, he did save his life because that was the reason he let Kaladin live. Oh, that's right. That was that's the reason right. he said, yeah. this is my me paying my debt. And it's like... This this feels kind of backhanded. Yeah. So he lets Kaladin live, and then leads us into the start of the book, mm-hmm. in which I'll we'll go a little more into the weeds of this. But Kaladin is a slave when we meet him, mm-hmm. uh, and he's basically makes it to the Shattered Plains, which is where the all most of Alethkar is fighting the Prashendi. And he ends up in Sadius's army as a bridge runner who is basically cannon fodder mm-hmm. and yeah. there to help Sadius earn money faster. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you've said that the, uh, the, the bridge run is kind of his, uh, his, uh, a bit of a prelude for Kaladin, just kind of his. Prelude. His, uh, his run up to, no pun intended, his run up to, um, him being who he is for the series. Just kind of, uh, the, yeah. the, the, the starting point that he has to get out of. Yes, um, I, yes. His, his, I, uh, Shire, his Eamon's Field is whatever yes, you want to I, put I, on it. Uh, well, I would, I would more, uh, I mean, yes, you would say that. I would say, like, he, if you're gonna go with that, the, Joseph Campbell hero's journey stuff that that happens once he leaves. Um, mm-hmm. That's embarrassing that I'm forgetting the name of his hometown. I don't uh, remember it either. Um, yeah, but anyways, anyways, the, the 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 bridge story is pretty slow, which was why I had a difficult time getting on board with him more so than yeah. more so than uh, anyone else early yeah. on. But, uh, to be fair, um, I, I did appre- nonetheless appreciated that time that he used to, uh, that, that Sanderson used, uh, to warm the crew to Kaladin, give the, give them the time and attention they deserve. Yes. And so that, and that's a fair point of that, of that part of the story because, like that, be- like beginning section of the story with your other characters, main characters, like with Shalon, her first section kind of ends with like 
and I'm going to steal from the princess of Alethkar. <laughs> and you're, and you're like, like, what? And then, like, you immediately then meet, oh, here's the king and his uncle and, like, basically the whole royal entourage. And, like, they're doing things, and now someone wants to kill the king. So, like, plot-wise, Kaladin doesn't seem as significant at that moment. <laughs> yes, that 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 is... I don't know uh, if I was thinking I mean, that. I wasn't either when I listened to it originally. That's That's... Yeah, that's a yeah. that's a good point. Um, but yeah, so I'm not so. Um, basically, Kaladin turns his bridge crew into a band of uh, like warriors by the end of the book, and base and uh, ends up using the his trained bridge crew to save Dalinar at the end. Yes. Uh, now, yeah, which is really great. One thing I, I think bef- one, I guess the only, the one other major turning point, like you said before, we should talk about is the honor chasm. Yes. So, um, what is the honor chasm, John? The honor chasm is um, basically where uh, it's just not set up there, but it's it's available for bridgemen who want to end it all. So they can just uh, jump down there and uh, no more bridge runs. They're free and also dead. Yes. Um, And Kaladin goes there um, and... That's uh, that's his that's his rock bottom moment. Yes, that yeah that that's his rock bottom moment over. Paul, there's a lot of crappy things that happen to him, mm-hmm. but that's kind of him pers- for him personally. His like mm-hmm. in terms of existential crisis stuff mm-hmm. in this book, that's his like rock bottom. Mm-hmm. And, and there, are, and he faced. Look, God, I don't remember this. But you're gonna hate me for this, but I don't remember the specific revelation because there are few revelations um, throughout the series. Um, but it, it's it is his moment where he decides uh, I'm going to uh, take take my take my life back and get get back in control. Yes, and that um, yeah, that's. I don't think there's any huge revelations in that mm-hmm. scene. Well, the part of that scene that gets to that gets me is like just the whole conversation with Syl, which we haven't talked about at all, mm-hmm. and we should and will. Yeah. Um, well, it's 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 a um, to Kaladin as Navi is to Link. Yes, it is. Except you know, Syl is like a fully fledged character. <laughs> um, who is also well? Yeah. So, so all right. Okay. I I have to I have to tell you my that a theory that I had throughout the throughout right. the book. Yes. Um, I had a theory that Syl was Dalinar's wife that he forgot about. Oh, that's a good one. That's yeah, a. Good I was one. I was like, maybe. <laughs> you know, like that's. That that's a good one. I mean, I it's she's not. But, <laughs> I mean, yeah. But like, like, and, and that's something I'll, I'll, I will say. I will tell you, she's not. Well, but. yeah, she's she's this uh, she's this uh, uh, honor spren. Yes, yeah, yes, she's yeah. an honor spren. Um, yeah. so yeah, and, and that from that turning point, everything else. It doesn't fall into place, but, like, since Dalinar now knows, like, since he now has his grounding and he has his, like, motivation mm-hmm. and his, like, purpose, he's able to, like, push through all the crap that happens throughout the rest of the book mm-hmm. with help of Syl and the Bridgeman and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we, sh- we should probably wrap up Kaladin. Yeah, um, we went longer than I was expecting. The one, the one thing, I, the one left thing I wanted to say was that, um, as per the usual, you know, main character in a fantasy series, he has powers that can't be explained. Oh yeah. Um, I didn't for for this character. I I didn't find anything particularly special about that discovery. Um, there was the. There was the uh, scene in the high storm, which was that, which was cool. That was the big one for me when I first like 
Listen to the book. That was the main one for me, magic wise, in this book that was like, mm-hmm. oh, he can do things. <laughs> but it just seemed to hit the expected points to yeah, me of like, fair. I don't, I don't know what this is, but I'm not gonna like obsess over it or anything because it's, it's just this, this, this other thing. I have other worries to worry about. And then it just kind of builds up from, builds up from there slowly in the background. Yes. And, and you know, if he didn't really intend us to, focus on it too too much then that's fine it's just the overall effect was okay this is the main character with powers yeah yeah i mean that that, that's fair yes (laughs) i that's that's all i'm gonna say on that topic right now but yeah yeah i'm sure there's more to come well and, and i will say i will say this like i'm aware of like kaladin has the most traditional heroes type arc which if you are somebody that like is like thrown off by like oh like like the farm board leaves the like the joseph campbell arc like the luke skywalker arc like if that's not appealing to you then like this might get a little like draggy now i also think it's done in a way that's not as traditional and sanderson puts a lot of spin on kind of like how it's done so like um and yeah now especially in this book at least Kaladin's not like the center of the universe so it's not like he gets his powers and now he's the dragon reborn <laughs> right or the chosen <laughs> or, yeah, one or the, or the chosen one yes yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, well we, we've anyone who's read Mistborn knows that Sanderson knows how to do a chosen one story really really well <laughs> uh, but and I, I don't think, I just don't, I don't think we can leave Calden without talking about uh, the soldier-surgeon dichotomy. Yes. Um, which so, we haven't discussed yet. We have not. So he's, he's both a surgeon and a soldier, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, um, the, well, the big one for the kind of, uh, facet of that that's most interesting to me is how Liren keeps claiming that you can't kill to protect. Basically, killing is like never or almost never justified. Mm-hmm. Which um, always recalled to me um, Captain America's uh, "We can't, oh, we don't trade, we don't trade lives. lives." Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, that's a good one. Although I think it's that that yeah, that's true. Although I think they're both coming from very different places. <laughs> Captain. Well, Liren is if he seems to be a rather he's, he seems to be a good man, mild mannered. But he's very savvy with Rochon oh, and yeah. uh, dealing oh, yeah. with, uh, I don't remember how exactly it w- w- was, but the whole debt thing with um, paying it back. There's some uh, minor politics there, that he, but he navigates it really well. Yes, he's um, very smart. That, yeah, I think uh, that gave uh, dimension to the character. And it, it you know what it did? It made um, the... Uh, Roshon's move with Tien hurt all the more, and how it took uh, Kaladin from them too, because uh, Liren put his blood and sweat into making Kaladin's training, uh, Kaladin's training, and make and uh, doing all the machinations with Roshon to make sure it stayed gone. And then in one fell swoop, it was all gone. Their family was torn apart. That really hurt. Ah, yeah, that's yeah, that's a, a stinger. Um. But yeah, I do you have oh but yeah, it's just interesting then to see Kaladin navigate that dichotomy dichotomy's not dichotomy's not the right word I'm looking for, but that the tension between being a soldier balancing being a soldier and being a surgeon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the surgeon's his upbringing, um, but he has that moment with the boys um, where he's like, wow, this spear feels right in my hand. It's, it feels more right than a scalpel ever did. Yes. Um uh, yeah, and you know it's it's almost like Sanderson saying by the end, yes, you can kill to protect, us. Mm. <laughs> or or at least that, or at least that's the version that like Kaladin, that's like Kaladin's point of view by then, because that's mm-hmm. what he does to save Dalinar. <laughs> is it you can't kill to protect? I know you've been, you're particular about this wording. Is it you can't kill to protect, or you can't kill to save? Uh I'd have to double check. I'm. I'd have to double check. The word, uh, the word "protect" is used a lot. In I the think. Context I of think. Kaladin. I think killing to protect is 
just obvious. It's it's like even 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 Liren should be able to see that killing to save is a little more philosophical and might not be as there that's, might be more to explore there. Yeah, that's different. I need to double check on the exact phrasing okay. on that because yeah. well, I would agree with that. Um, but yeah, uh, I, do you have anything else on Kaladin? No. Um, yeah, I think let's uh, move on to Dalinar. Yes. Uh, so Dalinar is. Also in the running from my favorite fictional characters ever. Yes. Um, um, he, here's, uh, Dalinar was interesting to me, and he's, he's my second favorite yes. in the book. Um, he's interesting because you don't get a lot of major characters that are that age. Yes. Mm-hmm. The older, yep. the older, uh, kind of, uh, Late. weathered, um, cause he's like 50. questioning. He's like, he's like roughly 50. Um, pa- even past, yeah, 50 yeah. ish, midlife, cri- past midlife crisis right. type thing. Um, cause you have Wheel of Time where all the major characters right. were young. Um, and that was like, I, that was immediately, and, the the funny thing is this is a this is a tangent um, oh, which I shouldn't make but the um, the wheel of time was originally uh, envisioned as like the dragon reborn was envisioned as an older man oh interesting um, so and he, made- but he was having a hard time writing as soon as he switched to younger it, flo- I, it, it flowed more probably because it is more familiar territory. Yeah, um, Frodo, while being fifty, is well, <laughs> is, is is young. Let's be honest. Yeah, he, he's he's fifty years old, but like in terms of maturity and like Hobbit versus human stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, he yeah he's he's older. That that made him interesting to me. Um, he's also. Uh, I, I call him the counterculture character yes. of the book. Oh he's, yes, he's level-headed and compassionate in a world that fights for fighting's sake, a- and he is uh, level-headed and compassionate after a life of uh, fighting and um, apparently drinking. Because you, you can you can say that again. <laughs> <laughs> And it's it's interesting to see him wrestle with um, how he's been in the past mm-hmm. and how it was dependent upon this partnership with his brother that's broken now. Aww. And how does he deal with that? How does he feel, fill that gap? Yes. Gavilar is – well, this is also kind of a tangent to your tangent. Gavilar is super – and, I mean, there's a reason that his death sparks the whole. Well, his death sparks like the present time plot. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's like, a, seems a really. I don't. I, there's much more about him to discover, obviously, yes. for for me and, and even, for and me. even for you. <laughs> yes, um, but there's uh, there's obviously something special about a guy that can be the could have been the king of these guys that just are adding each other's throats all the time. Yes. He he was really good at what he did. Yes. Um and kind of to your point about Dalinar kind of feeling that void without Gavilar, there's quite a few characters that also feel have that void. Namely Navani Yes. Really, really his family, Navani, Elokar, and Yasna being the main ones. Yeah. Sa- well, Sadius too, as well. For, although he reacts very differently than, Sadius reacts very different, like, kind of the opposite of Dalinar. Mm-hmm. Um, in that aspect. Yeah. And he, uh, well yeah, Sadius, well, well, We'll, we'll uh, talk about him after Dalinar really briefly because we can't yeah. not talk about him. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah. So back to Dalinar. Yeah. Um, um, so that was I, also really it, interesting to me. Yeah. I thought so. It's interesting. While Kaladin is the main character of this book, and it kind of, I have a general view of Dalinar as. Uh, see, there really isn't a main character for the Stormlight Archive, but. Because each book has like a different main character, and because of the themes that he's exploring and stuff, they're all it's too maybe too big for one character. Yeah, but like Dalinar, well, at least with these, especially at least with these first five so far, he's the most central. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of at least the most representative of humanity 
at large kind of in this like struggle um and yeah and that i'm not going to say a whole lot more about that now but yeah i mean his he has the largest and the reason i say that is because his large arc throughout all the books but like kind of especially or well yeah, throughout all the books, but like in this one with the visions and everyone doubting him, it's kind right. of be, being true to who you are in the face of adversity, uh, like when everyone else thinks for him, you're literally crazy, mm-hmm. like, uh, and just kind of having that faith in yourself, mm-hmm. uh, and for him, um, yeah, and, and so, which is things that everyone, I think, much like a lot of the stuff, because we didn't even talk about Kaladin's, like, depression stuff. Because yeah. he... And Sanderson has... Like, people have asked, and Sanderson's confirmed that Kaladin has, like, clinical depression. If not, yeah, he has depression. Okay. If, whether okay. it's clinical or otherwise. Mm-hmm. So, like like that type of thing, or, like, this kind of Dalinar struggle of kind of being true to the person that you are, things are very universally human one and something that everyone is kind of constantly struggling with as mm-hmm. does as he does in this book and particularly someone who has uh, dealt with primarily uh, a world that was there's the enemy slash slash kill oh. um, so something he was really good at and he found oh this did not prepare me at all for off the battlefield and now that I'm in a in a general, in a, in a, gen, in a general, general as opposed to like like soldier. I, I, actually, I was going to say general funk. Oh <laughs> well, that too. Um, yes, that too. He, he doesn't know how to cope with it, and no. it's, it's it's. I think it's telling that uh, one of the mo- one of the most shocking moments to me is when he goes into uh, it goes into the. King, the throne room and beats Elokar up. Oh yes, um, <laughs> He's that it's telling that that uh, moment of um, release or life. of release comes through violence. It's violence with a purpose. It's basically like, hey, you little like, <laughs> yeah. But it, it it that matters because it's still in a it's it it's for reasons that are new to him but it's still methods that he understands and that that makes sense to me that he yes. would fall back on familiar things to solve his problems you know, even though it does happen to be in a smart way yes and I'll, I'll just say that that continues to be a really uh, a lot of these struggles that these characters face in the way of kings go throughout the entire series so far, but it doesn't ever become, or, le- or sometimes it does, but, like, in general, it doesn't become tiring. Okay. Because it there's doesn't... there are different nuances and, like, specific struggles mm-hmm. or specific things about themselves that the characters, like, have to grow through or pass. We're not, we're not dealing with a... A dumb TV show that uh, where the characters experience no growth and it's the same arc season after season. Oh, because <laughs> because oh. because if we are, you you need to tell me right now because <laughs> I don't like that. Which uh, I talking about Arrow. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe I'm talking about Arrow. What if I am? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. If we are, if we are, then I've been reading this series entirely wrong. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, I think uh, Brandon's a little, just a little bit of a better writer than that. Um, than, than those guys. Um, the one thing that uh, bothered me about Dalinar was uh, he, the various things he dealt with seem a little disconnected, not quite quite in the flow. Um, So I have here the Code's Dilemma, and and by that I mean just everything that he's grappling with in terms of uh, honor and how to conduct yourself and whatnot. Um, Which, wait, sorry. So that, the different politics that he deals with, um, and the visions. Now now that I read that again, I think Mm. that the visions are 
a little separate from the other two. Maybe, maybe the politics and the codes do mesh together, but the visions are just like, okay, this is happening too. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a lot of what he's observing and not something that's helping him through his character growth. It doesn't have anything to do with it. So I was just like, this is a little So I'm going to I'm going to push back on that a little bit and that so the I'm going to say it is definitely all tied together because so the codes are like all right so you have the pol- so we'll I'll start with the politics stuff so like he has to deal with a lot of the politics stuff because of how he's responding to things with the codes and because of like how the visions are kind of like influencing okay. him how to act sure. and so and, and so in that sense like a lot of it because like the it, it the the politics and how he conducts himself and kind of the external self he presents is the result of going through reading the way of kings and kind of like talk thinking about Noadon's journey mm-hmm. and like um, way of kings being the the, the, the work within this in the in world version of way of kings yes um which is uh, yes, which like a lot, which we learn, which is the um, like, which, like very, has the codes in it, right? Which has the codes in it, and is also very like I mean the vision, which is part of the past, and he's also watching how different people reacted to and conducted themselves to different situations in the visions, mm-hmm. and seeing how that is different than what he's that than how people act now and that he sees that as more of how um, people now should be acting. And so, and then the political stuff, come, stuff comes in because there's a lot of pushback for uh, a lot of pushback on that. Um, okay. That, that, yeah, yeah I, I, yeah, I can I can accept that. It, it seems a little more like it's uh, like it all runs together a little bit better um, after a little distance from the book um, when everything was kind of all just coming at me. No, oh, that's, that's fair. No, that, yeah, I, I see that. Give me one second. Yeah, I I really would like to talk about the. Um, the moment on the tower when he's yes. when he believes he it's just a matter of time before they all die um, because uh, surprise Sadius is uh, is not uh, oh yes. not as he seems okay so you um you at one point texted me about the implications that you thought the Dalinar Sadius alliance was going to have on how the other high princes would respond to them. Yes, which I thought would have, would have been a really nuanced direction to take things. And, and, and given which, and, and it seemed like that's the direction Sanderson was going. And, and I, what I, and, uh, well, it wasn't. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it is, and, like, was and still is, but the resolution of that is Sadius is a really crappy person. <laughs> yes. Um, but, again, like I said before, he's a, um, he's interesting to me because he's, uh, he's, he's like, he's basically the strong must prevail, the weak must die. Yeah, so which, let's... Which is not a new villain thing to do, but at the same time, it's it's good here because you're like, oh, this is obviously coming off of decades, centuries of breeding, breeding a whole people for war. You have guys like mm-hmm. this that are gonna, yes, and so I be will say, like this, and so I, I will say, Sadius's main character motivation is that he wants Alfgar to be as strong as it possibly can be. Um, and, like, that, that is the motivation that runs through every action that he takes. He sees Dalinar and what Dalinar is doing as 
as counter to that. Um, and because he, what he sees is he just sees Dalinar as weakening. And so he's like, where's the Blackthorn? Where's like this strong warrior that like was re- was very clear in like what he had to do? Like, you're just, you're just a weak old man now. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and, 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 you know, while, while, cause people, and, it's not about well. I guess it is about power. Sadius wants power, but he doesn't want to be king. No, he said like he he like he 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 definitely does not want to be king because he wouldn't. He he would basically want a lot of the power that comes with being like in that type of position, but without like the those without that much responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and you you see like see guys like that all throughout history, right? Um, and that it, it totally makes sense. Um, but, but before we go on to Shalon, yes. um, it's we. I mean, the best place to leave Dalinar is that um, his moment on a moment on the tower is basically embodying uh, journey before destination. Yes, um, just to say, like, do I? Uh, uh, yes, I'm dying here, but does does that matter? Um, am I dying with regrets? Would I have changed anything about how I lived? And the answer is no. Um, it's at the end of chapter 66. Um, yes, and that was that was really um, huge for me. Um, so uh, that that's that's. Uh, Really makes me excited about uh, reading about Dalinar going forward. And now that um, yes, no, I agree. Sadius has presented himself as a um, true foil to Dalinar um, with oh, his, yes. with uh-huh. his, um, his yes. warmongering and totally against the codes. Um, I'm like, okay, we have our, we have our uh, uh, two uh, chess kings against each other. Uh, right now, I'm with Sadius. Sa- no, Sadius and, Sadius and Dalinar. Let's yes. let's let's do this. Yes, it's it's, it's, it's pretty great. Um, real quick, um, anything about yeah? Anything? Well, sorry, I'll start ending about, about yes. Dalinar. No, I I really like that observation about his the journey of War destination woman on the tower. That's mm-hmm. a, yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Um, I want to go back real quick to Kaladin for a minute, uh, just because there is something really specific. Um, yeah, sure. Like well, that's yeah. like kind of the the culmination of his character arc is when he says the word. Well, we'll get very into the weeds on this, not in this book, but when he says kind of the, I forget when exactly, but I will protect those who cannot protect themselves. Which might mean killing, as it turns out. Yes, <laughs> and so like if you look throughout the book, and this Mirren is was per- wrong. Now, personally, this is where I think Sanderson's plotting and stuff is brilliant. Like you look back throughout the book, that's what he's doing the whole time. Yes, with Tian with Sen with all the with the Bridgman. Yes, with obviously at the end Dalinar, like and mm-hmm. and like his army, like that's and, and that's all. Yeah, that's kind of Kaladin's big mm-hmm. character thing. And, and it's, it's, it's telling that that, I mean, that comes right after the flashback where we finally see Tien die. He's like, this is where my personhood is rooted. Yes. This is, this is what I am all about. I couldn't do it this time, but it's what I was made to do. Yes. Was to protect. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's good. Yeah. That's good. All right. So, yeah. Um, we move on to Shalon, I yes. think, um, which uh, was obviously very different from either Kal- Kaladin and Dalinar were pretty different from each other. But Shalon was geographically removed yes. from those two, which was one thing, and wasn't uh, wasn't in battles at all. Um, it was all, uh, but uh, she, she's fighting her own uh, a battle of intrigue. Yes, um, so basic God. Yes, I and so so we have the. I probably was going to say the same thing you were going to. We have this uh, dilemma where uh, she is uh, basically under uh, Yasna, who's this uh, heretic as part of the Colon family. Um, 
going, being under her, her tutelage, um, in order to steal her soul caster, which, uh, she needs because her father had a soul caster. Which Salon needs because her father, yes. Because her father had a soul caster and he died and he has all these debts that they don't, they don't have the... Salon's, the Salon's family doesn't know how to, can't repay. Right. And Shalon's family can't repay because they don't have the means of producing wealth because the soul caster broke. So she needs to get another one so that they can pay off all these debts and make everyone go away. Um, but the problem is, is that she can't just cold, coldly uh, plan against Yasna and to steal the the soul caster because she's really interested in the scholarship. Yes. So she, it has this compelling dilemma. Yep. And what I enjoyed is that, um, at least, at least right away, I, what I was afraid was that there was going to be something that kind of cheated us out of seeing that dilemma end badly one way or another because it had to oh, unless yeah, he did some yeah. mumbo jumbo that made it be oh she doesn't have to make a hard choice she did right. have to make um the hard choice which was to steal and granted yasna discovering the soul caster wasn't within shalon's control because she just finds it in her purse when yes. shalon is unconscious uh-huh. yeah um, but still, we have the whole deal of like, oh, we were afraid of how Yasna would act. It was just as bad as we thought. She was really, really uh, angry. Yep. <laughs> and um, it was – she Shalon had lost every – she even lost the dude that was – she thought was falling in love with her. Cabsaw oh, yes. turned out to be uh-huh. an assassin. He died. Yes. And so now she's lost absolutely everything. It's only because of – the uh and we'll again we'll talk about more revelations next episode but yeah. of the revelation of her of the soul casting abilities and how that works that's the yes. only reason how she was able to turn things around mm-hmm. that that uh Shalon oh, was able to turn yes. things around yes yeah no it's it it is a really interesting dilemma especially because you get you reach the end of part one and it's a really early hook for Shalon's character when she, like I said earlier, she says, and I'm really here to steal from the princess. <laughs> and you're like, oh. Because the whole, all her interactions with that are basically just hyping up Yasna, mm-hmm. who is one of my favorite. She's probably four, she's probably my fourth favorite character in the series. Okay. Um, uh, just because I think she's really, I, I think in this book she does a lot. Uh, and I, I yeah. think that she's, yeah, we, we won't talk about her now because we're talking about Shalon. Mm-hmm. Yes, we won't. Um, but, uh, so you have that. Um, the thing that, so, so that's a, a good thing with Shalon. Um, and I was, I was following that and I, I enjoyed that. Um, this is a little bit back to the, the Sanderson's prose. Yes. Uh, where I feel like on average, when I'm reading his reading all the point of views, all his stuff, um, at least in Stormlight Arc, we'll just talk about Stormlight sure. Archive. Um, I am I'm thinking about things more than I'm feeling about things, more so than other authors. In in a sense of like it, things are constant like character um, growths and moments, and sort of me instead of me experiencing them, sometimes feel like they're being explained to me. There are certain points where I would definitely agree with that. And in Shalon's points of view, that is felt most keenly because we're dealing with philosophy. We're dealing with yeah. intellectualization. So it really reaches a point the, of... The, the big philosophy uh, scene. Uh, that's fair. And the, the big philosophy scene being her the uh, demonstration that Yasna... Uh, does when she just basically goes and murders the robbers. <laughs> oh, but that involved yeah. creative murder, so that that kind of offset well, any sort yes, of philosophy that, that was being discussed. Yes, I mean that that's different just because it's such an interesting scene. Because yeah. hey, did she murder them? Because you know they did she murder them? They were gonna try. They were gonna try and like hurt her. Yes. Well, yeah, it was, it was, um, that was contextualized yes. though, so I didn't mind that okay. so much. Oh no, I'm not, I'm not saying I didn't mind it. I thought yeah. it was an awesome scene. Yeah. But, um, that's, that's fair. I think, I think with this book, with Shalon, that's more of a thing. Um, 
I think, well, all right. As a general thing, I think that he's that that is better in Words of Radiance and Oathbringer. Oh, as you mean the uh, the, explaining, the explaining versus the explaining. experiencing character yeah. moments. Um, yes, uh, yeah. I, I will say. Okay. I, I will say. On subsequent reads of Way of Kings, I have felt those character moments more. Um, but that's probably like, but, um, that's just because I've spent so much time, like, thinking about and, like, reading about these characters, like, even just outside of the books. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, so I do see where you're coming from. I personally think that it's those parts are that kind of experiencing versus be, having, Character moments explained is better in Words of Radiance and Earthbringer. Okay. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Um, that's good for me. Um, and then the last thing about how I have about Shalon is it, it kind of going off your point about um, her, her in this book versus other books. Um, again, I happen to be going into a revelation here. Uh, right. One of the end of book revelations, but the revelation about her patricide. Regardless, oh, yes. regardless uh-huh. of how, because there are ways you could read into that, and, you're, and your your gears are turning right now. I can tell. Um, they're, they're not. I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, that could be because she says, I, "I killed my father." That could be like direct, like, "Oh, I killed you with intention," or like, "I my actions led to my father's death." That's we don't true. know. We don't know yet. That's true. But, yeah. um, just regardless of which one it is, that intrigues me because it it kind of goes against every impression we already have of her. Yes. So just we okay, we are we thought we knew the extent of her subterfuge, but maybe not. Maybe there's more to look into here. You're gonna like Words of Radiance. That's, <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say about that. <laughs> okay, good. But I want to like it. Um, but yeah, that's a good point. I, I'd have to, I haven't read that part in a while, but I guess, yeah, it it is kind of, that could go different directions as far as like what she means by that. Yes. Yes. That that raises a question, which I think is a good thing to do. Uh, do you want to say anything further about Shalon? Um, you haven't really said much. Yeah, I don't really have a whole lot to say about her in this book, other than like what you've already said. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's, there's um, like I mean, I think she has a book. cool story. I will say this though: uh, when when people have talked about Way of Kings being adapted into a movie, they they have often said that maybe they should shelve Shalon stuff in this book for the second movie because to, to kind of more centralize. Kaladin, Dalinar, I mean, if it's Shattered Plains. If it isn't made into a TV show like every right, other. Yeah, <laughs> if it isn't, which, which quite honestly, I, I, I mean, I'm torn because there are certain sequences that I want a, them to have the budget to do. Um, but I also think, well, you know what? No, if Game of Thrones can do dragons, like there, <laughs> then they can, someone will, Whatever. Someone could hypothetically roll, have a payroll for that. Mm-hmm. But, anyways, just, just yeah, it's. Bren being in random places a lot around true. the screen yeah. would look really good visually. Yes. Would, would be good visually. Yes. Um, yeah, so I mean, her character's cool. She, she's not one of my personal favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's some really interesting things about her. Um, but I, um, uh, but and her powers are like cool. Okay. Um like soul casting and all that. But um but like right now I don't have or at least with Way of Kings I don't really have a whole lot more to say. Okay. So uh, uh let's uh, get to my favorite character. Well, real quick let, let's talk about Yasna real quick. Okay. Just like I, um, while we're talking about Shalon, um, not that I have a whole lot, mm-hmm. I just think it's, I think that the, well, first of all, uh, yeah, that's more of a reveal thing, but one, the only thing I guess I'll say about Yasta is that, and this is more of a me respecting and liking Brandon more, Sanderson more as an author. So when he kind of conceived her character, so Brandon's Mormon, right? Right. So he's like 
and he's not like a he's not super super religious, but I mean it informs he's he practices and it informs a lot of his yes. like worldviews. Yeah, yeah. So when he when he went to write Yasna as like an atheist he made sure that he kind of researched, kind of spent time talking to a lot of different atheists, spent time on different, like, online forums just to, like, kind of understand how and why. How, how they how they think, how they yeah. argue, particularly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, particularly yeah. how they argue more because of, like, her character and, like, how her character thinks about things. Mm-hmm. I, I just think there's a, there's a lot because uh, I think that a, a a lesser author in that case would make Yasna a straw man. And it would just yeah. be, and, and 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 she would just be the person for like all of the like religious people to refute, and eventually be justified in refuting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, God's not dead. <laughs> That's never mind. I've, yeah, I've, um, yeah, I've read it, but <laughs> but oh um, God, I hated. Um, but I, I I did hate when he used the word atheism. Oh wait, he does. He does. Oh yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh, That's that, like oh. Out of the moment. Yeah, Thanks. there, there, yeah. that's one of those things with his language where there are, sometimes it's too colloquial. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's, that was my main thing. I just, that was my main thing with Yasuna. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh Seth. Yeah. No, Seth. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, he also, is so, as for being such a, a character with like, no, no parts compared to um, Shalon Dalinar Kaladin. He's my favorite character. Still, so awesome. Um, and it, I mean that it happens because he has he he, he kills Gavilar. He has such an important part. But he and he and he's um, uh, working on this macro level yes. of like uh-huh. of like assassinations and just changing yep. the world. Assassins change the world. Um, but it, it, but it's not just because of that. It's because of his whole deal with um, being owned and stuff and having to – because a character that is forced to do what they don't want to do is inherently interesting. Yes. Uh-huh. They, oh, boy. There's a lot of interesting things with Zeph. <laughs> He's also in my top – He's probably number three for me, character-wise, as far as this as far as this series goes, and just he's just an awesome character because mm-hmm. uh, he he is made to do things, but he has freedom of thought, and you can uh, feel his disgust. But it's it's not limited to that. He also sees kind of sees where they're where his masters are going, uh-huh. where, where whether it's someone like oh who just like wants him to do stuff for fun and he's like you're not worth me thinking about I'll just do it whatever like 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 so like the guy isn't there there's a guy that has it that like wants him to solve like a bar fight for him basically yeah there are a couple so, of those you're yeah, just something like that. solving petty yeah. vengeances um versus people where he's like where he can kind of follow them on their machinations and being like okay I see I see where you're going with this. So, so he has a brain in his head. Oh yeah, and um, what, you can just never use it. Oh yeah, and, and what and his because his, his biggest fear obviously comes true, and that somebody that like fully realizes who he is and what he can do gains control of his oath stone, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and and has nef- and has like nefarious plans for him. For him. <laughs> Yes, um, we'll go more into that next episode. Um, yes. Did you? Uh, the last thing I think did you did you want to talk about Navani? Yeah, let's talk about Navani a little bit. Uh, I I just remember her introduction when I first um when she, when I first read it is everyone's like oh Navani's coming and it's almost kind of like well she's gonna try and scheme everybody into doing what she wants and like. Basically, before you meet her, it's like, oh, she's going to, oh, no, Navani's here. She's going to, like, be careful. She'll manipulate you. Mm-hmm. Like, and then, which she does, but, like, you see a very, also a very, like, vulnerable side mm-hmm. to her. Like, obviously, more so when she's with Dalinar. But, like, it, it, it's not it's not as simple. And I think it's, they talk about, like, her confusion with, like, her role. Like, how she's confused about, like, her role. 
Or um, do I think it's, it's this book where like she? I think she says to Dalinar like all the women like they don't really take me seriously. Basically, like yeah, they're like, so oh, you has, should just be in mourning. She has those thoughts. She's vulnerable with uh, Dalinar. Um, her um, political mind gets screwy when she is thinking about how uh, Elakar is not protected. She well, she's protected yes. of Elakar. Oh yes. Now, now what's interesting about her is that. At her, at like, kind of as far as her scholarship stuff, she's an engineer. Mm. Like, that's her, like, like she geeks out every time she sees, like, new ways to use a fabriole or, a, like, she's, like, she does have a political mind, but, like, her real, quote-unquote, passion is, like, engineering. Mm-hmm. And just, like, seeing how things work and, like, trying to, like, find out newer or more efficient ways. Is this, to, uh, is this, I wonder if this is more distrust of things not understood, kind of like with Liren. With, with Liren's a oh, surgeon, yeah. and he's not trusted. Oh, I, I, I don't think as much as there are. I don't think as much as Liren because there are there are other like ardents and like like engineers that like do the work with her. Okay, I, I think that any distrust for Navani is more like more. They're more distrustful of her for her like political affiliations and like. And like and that like mm-hmm. oh well now she's just jumping at the most powerful man in Alethkar like mm-hmm. when she gets with uh, when her and Dalinar get together mm-hmm. and like right. um, like I, I think it's more the distrust is more that although I do see where you're coming from with that yeah that's just a, that's something I thought of right now as a as a I mean, suspicion no I mean it's valid because there's a lot of I mean there there, there is a lot of that with like kind of fear of like the Fear of the kind of the misunderstood, um, or kind of un- yeah. Okay. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, bottom line with Navani is that she's much more interesting than like a than like you're led to believe before you actually meet her, or much more nuanced. Okay, I just say. so her reputation precedes her. Yes, her, yes, very much. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, it's yeah. Do you uh, have any? Final thoughts. I so we'll do a lot of the big revelation stuff. We I mean we we've kind of been doing larger book things as we've been going, but I but there's 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 plenty. There's a lot left. We have to talk about the inner. We didn't well. We we didn't talk about the interludes in the last episode. We we? didn't. uh, We we talked about that they exist. We didn't talk about certain characters. Not that there's a whole lot that I'll say. I'll say on this for some for spoiler. Yeah, but like. We'll talk about, so next episode we'll talk about the interludes, the epigraphs, <laughs> uh, okay. and kind of different, the more major, some of the more major plot things. Yeah. Um, so. Okay. All right. Well, but until then, um, this has been Acolytes of Merlin. Um, we'll have one more episode on uh, Way of Kings. Uh, but until then, we're your host, John. And Johnny. And we'll see you around.